So just begin with some basic stuff, which might might not be that basic, but uh, it's uh, something always I find always helpful and needs to be um, worked with. Sense of getting some ground through the body, and here we have standing, walking, sitting, the primary primary postures the body they have their different use at different values different qualities but they all give you a sense of uh, steadying I think the first thing <coughs> steadying rather than calming because if you aim for calm very often you get a kind of anesthetic attitude in the mind you know it's really important to first of all like we actually extend your sense of your body, not to kind of reduce it or try and kind of soften it, calm down, but actually strengthen it. Um, so you get the, you have to strengthen your bodily presence in order to get enough ground for the, the energy to be uh, uncon- uncontracted, your energy to be complete, your energy to be extended, then it will tend to calm by itself. You know, I mean, it's an attitude, if you like, that comes with that, just the taking less of, uh, of uh, you know, doing less, you might say. But first of all, it's actually extending <coughs> your bodily presence. <coughs> so when you stand, <coughs> actually, you're going to come into your feet, and as if you're uh, bent, let the knees be soft and bent. When you stand, you come into your feet, and have the toes spread, and then imagine in the under arch of the foot <coughs> you've got like suction pads you know that are, that are actually sucking at the floor so it's something very firm bonding to the ground mm. very firm sense of connecting to the ground mm. and then you balance your body all above that you know, soften your knees relax your tail so you get the sense of everything balanced above the feet. Though we're standing, it's, uh, it's a very useful meditation because it, it av- you, it's very difficult to really fall asleep very much when you're standing, you know, to get dull. You tend to get a bit agitated, but you don't get dull. So it's a useful thing for that. And then you can bring that standing into walking. So you stand sometimes stand for a minute or so and then you begin the walking and the walking um, gives you the feeling of flowing of movement and I would recommend you focus on just the question how does the body walk and really study it with a thoughtful mind uh, a sense of thoughtfulness which doesn't mean you're continually thinking it means you've got that kind of sense of like like you're listening to a line of reasoning. What's that? But you're listening to the the quiet reasoning of the body as it knows how to lift a hip, how to swing a foot, how to find the balance, so you're not falling over. You, know, you just kind of tune into that. Uh, when you're walking, <coughs> um, using 20, 30 paces or so, so you can get a, a nice full flow of it. Uh, walk along at a normal speed with that question 
how, how does the body walk? And tendency can be for the mind to, to pick up um, kind of, um, you know, start its story, stories going. <coughs> and first of all, it will do that by, by interrupting the rhythm of the walking. So what happens is after a while you start to get into automatic, you're just cruising along and not really with it, so your mind's got room to move off, you know, because it's not actually listening to the walking, it's kind of, oh, it's taking the walking for granted, oh, walking's happening, great, now I can wander off somewhere. <coughs> so, uh, you'll find that you'll probably start to speed up a bit, walk faster, so then you've got to keep breaking it, breaking the automatic, going into automatic with walking, stop, you know, Slow down, speed up, stop, stop, stop. Go back to standing. So you keep like a, like you're training a, a a little dog. You know, sometimes you just pull it back, sit. You know, move it along, sit, sit. You keep adjusting it so the mind comes out of its own stories, which is uh, one of the great things to do, an important thing to do when we meditate. Mm. It is the thing that we differentiates meditation from from just sitting here. Um, yeah, you're deliberately coming out of the stories, which will happen inevitably. Yeah. And of course, as insight, you can can't understand those stories, why, the, where those stories come from, what they're about, what their heat, their emotional tones are about, but you've got to come out of them before you can do that. So, just pulling out. Use walking meditation. It's, uh, it's very good for, for settling energy. You know, because it, it allows you to flow, to move, it's not tight, restrictive, and yet you've got that continual coming back and then standing at the end of each um, length, end, end of each uh, of the path, turn round, stand, and you can moderate that. Then you can start to explore some space. The first sense of space is the space around your body. So as you're walking, feeling your chest, letting your arms be free. It can be a tendency to hold your arms against your chest or to tighten up in your shoulders. So you want to actually release your arms from your chest, open your chest up as if you're walking through water or walking in space. So you can feel the sense of space around your body as you walk. That helps to um, just counteract any sense of being trapped. You know, walking up and down like you're pacing up and down, going nowhere. And then keep the eyes soft, so your eyes don't, and but, but slightly downcast, so your eyes don't scurry around and they don't get rigid. And they, and the, the openness of the eyes without focusing on anything particularly, the openness of the body 
allows energy to to soften, to to release, to be more flowing. There's a lot of unheld, uh, of unacknowledged holding on, curves through the face and the chest. So walking is a way we can kind of start to open that. But of course, you've got the firm inner centering of the walking as a continual pole. Yeah. Then you can open without spinning out. Yeah. See, only if we open up, we tend to spin out into what's around us. But you just release. You don't follow. You don't run out. You just let the let your periphery be less held, tight, less tight. Face, eyes, forehead, hands, shoulders, back, chest, belly. There's a rhythm with walking as well that establishes itself, the movement from weight or pressure of the foot to the lightness of, this, of the leg that moves. Mm-hmm. It's a sense of rhythm as well. Ground, space, rhythm. Those are all ground gives you the firmness, space, the openness, rhythm, the flowingness. And with those three elements, you have uh, what the body offers in those three qualities. What it offers to the mind. Mind needs all of that. You only really find something uh, you can trust in the, in the body, in those senses. Mind is its own rhythms that will be driven along by, by passions. Or, you know, charging along with passions. As you get grounded, it gets grounded in an opinion or a, an attitude. Mm-hmm. So you don't want that. You want a way to, to come out of that. This is what the body offers. When we sit, come to sitting, um, posture is uh, always a little bit tricky because of whatever you have in terms of your physical difficulties, the back and uh, so on, spinal damage or spinal distortion. And always try to sit so that you actually begin perhaps by putting pushing down through the tail. You know, if you're just pushing down through the pelvis and the tail. And that pushing down naturally encourages a kind of slight spring in the lower back. So rather than pulling your back in or pulling it up, just try pushing down and uh, opening the opening the belly. So that gives a kind of a, a certain gentle spring in the small of the back, in the lower back, which is not uh, held through some tension, but held through the, 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 the natural structure of the body. Mm-hmm. The other point to, uh, generally to bear in mind is to keep, keep your abdomen open, because you want the this energy centers in the lower abdomen and the upper abdomen to f- open up. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this 
Yeah. So keep your so the tendency as the when we lose posture is that the abdomen closes, you fold over, you get this closing down. You want to keep that opening up. Then the breath will tend to gather there. Your breath energy will gather there in the abdomen. You don't want it up in your chest. You want it in your abdomen because that's going to give you the, the, the center, the groundedness. And the uh, ability to release the chest. So then also in the middle of the back to draw the point in between the shoulders towards the heart. So you, between the tips of the shoulder blades, it's like drawing in towards the heart to check the tendency to hunch the shoulders. And if your shoulders do hunch, there's no point in pulling them up to try and straighten up. You've got to actually push in in the middle of the back and the shoulders will naturally uh, widen and drop. So right behind the breastbone So you can just experiment with that. Experiment with how the spine is structured, what it's about. Then you push in through that place in the middle of the back. That will tend to uh, bring your neck into upright. And your head can rest, the skull can rest on top of the neck. If your head comes, neck comes forward, always going to feel slightly drowsy or uh, muzzy or preoccupied with thoughts. So the neck is part of the spine and the head should just uh, rest on top of the, the, the neck, the spine, rather like a ball on top of a fountain of water. And so there should be almost no, no effort in the neck because it's the balance rather than the muscles that hold it. And then you can relax the jaw, the temples, the eyes, the forehead. So there's a sense of when you have the balance and the, and the ground, which is this upright axis descent from the tail up into the skull, the spinal axis, you've got that inner strength, then you can relax and open up the rest. So that's important because it's the relaxing uh, that opens up the energy centers. So you need to have energy flowing. If you're tight, if you're holding yourself tight, then you don't get the right flow of energy. And so you get kind of rigid or dull or forceful. Energy, what's that? Well, when you breathe in and breathe out, with that, the uh, whole, what, you know, why the body's breathing in and breathing out is to get energy, is to circulate and energy. So it's, energy goes along with breathing in and out, but it's not actually the same as the track of the air. It's stimulated by the, the that, by the air, but it, by that movement, but it's not the same. So the, when you, as your breath gets subtler and, and finer, if you tune into energy, energy actually gets brighter and clearer. 
if you hold, if you have the right posture, if you have the energy channels open. If you don't have the energy centers open, then as your breath gets subtler, we tend to get more dull, foggy. First energy center that we uh, bear in mind, um, well, first of all is the tail. You press down to the floor, you open up the tail. Second will be in the lower abdomen. So if you find the place when, when you breathe out, and you actually even slightly push the out breath, you feel place in your, in your lower abdomen clenching. You, know, you do it deliberately, then you just relax that. So that place where you, right at the end of the out breath, that's where, that's where your, your energy, your breath energy is going to gather in the center. Breathe through the abdomen rather than the chest. So um, it may be the case that uh, we breathe through our through our chest and diaph- and diaphragm, but this will always give you a, a shallow and um, kind of somewhat lifeless breath. So you need to breathe through the abdomen. So when you Breathe all the way out and then hold the out breath so you don't have any air. You breathe all the way out and you to find that and you'll find that after a while a pressure builds up and you can hold that pressure and then very gently release. Let that pulling in the abdomen draw air in through the nostrils. Take as little as possible. Take it slow. And that uh, fine thread um, stimulates the the energy because you're connecting it to this energy center in the lower abdomen, and it will start to run through the body. One of the points of having the chest relax is so the chest center can open up which is approximately in the center of the chest. So if your, your shoulders are, are loose and are not hunched and your chest is relaxed, then this takes the, the closure, opens up the closeness or the tightness of the chest. So you get a sort of a slight um, or discernible energizing that occurs in the center of the chest on, on the in-breath. And then as you as the breath continues, you also get a, a slight tingling in the head, probably in around about the middle of the forehead. And it's not important to take a lot of air. It's just important to maintain connection to that thread. When we lose connection to that thread, the breath can, can be, you can have quite a lot of air, but you don't get much energy. It tends to just wash through the lungs. You Quite useless, really, in some ways. So less, but, con- but connected to the energy center in the lower abdomen, 
chest is relaxed so you can feel it warming or tingling in the chest and it also uh, resonates in the center of the forehead or you feel it in your head somewhere the in breath sense have a brightening effect and the out breath has a, a softening effect that's that's the rhythm and we tend to that with a thoughtful mind you know you may need to think a little bit like where's the breathing now but I would suggest thoughtfulness rather than thinking which means just as if you're listening to a line of reasoning is that it? where is that? How is that? It's sort of continual pointing and questioning. Vitaka vichara. So that will um, provide a, a, a center, like an axis of, of breath energy that is connected to or runs along uh, parallel or in line with the spine. So it's got the grounded effect. The body around it is open, spacious, and you've got this this rhythm, breathing in, breathing out. The mind will tend to interrupt that in order to create its stories. So whenever we notice we're in a little story somewhere or um, it's that moment of recognition pause and just the very act of recognition and pausing and then where's the where's the breathing recognize and pause so there isn't a reaction or an, or a tightening you know oh right you know it's not that kind of jump to it but pause and you you almost sense the storyline start to melt and then as you feel the energy of the compulsive thought slow or break, or soften. You wait for that, wait for that thought, the, the compulsive thought to, oh, start to check or soften. And then you introduce a deliberate thought. So it's not a fight. The very act of recognition will soften the compulsiveness of the thinking. Because you're watching almost watching the beginning of the thought and then where's the breathing
patience and persistence. So when we, you're doing, uh, say, a period of meditation, it's rather like doing any exercise, you warm up, you maybe, you know, put some effort into it, then you perhaps you just relax. Mm-hmm. And come back again. So you sort of time yourself, so you're not straining, you know, if you're going to sit for an hour or half an hour, whatever it is, maybe you're just doing... 15 minutes and then have a just rest open your eyes up you know widen out and then take a break if you like then come back again so you build up a kind of stamina steadily slowly with patience and with a sense of kind of respect for a process you know you can't suddenly get it all going you can't you know you can't have it running perfectly at first or even all the time, you know. So that sense of just being able to to stop, open, open your eyes, you know, feel your sense of being here, ventilate, and then when you feel some sense of stand, you feel steady again, then sit, go back to breathing. So you can kind of do it in in. Uh, periods like that so it's something you want to get a feeling for um, you know, flexibility around otherwise you just feel too trapped and too driven and you may notice this question where does the thought begin where does it end Because the thinking process, compulsive thinking, is is one of the easiest ways for the mind to run out. So you want to keep checking, catching that place where it starts to crystallize. And what's that? Just that attention there helps to check the crystallizing of thought so it becomes more like smoky moods and then hmm, deliberate thought where's the breathing am i breathing what's happening where's the body so like that you you train the mind draw it back So there comes a point when the mind and the energy of the breathing start to meet and there's a kind of a brightening, a zestfulness, certain happiness. And we've started to overcome the sludge, you know, clean the sludge, the mud, the mind or soothe its jangledness through this quality of brightness and happiness.